Blog Talk Radio. sound great tonight again apologies for me amazing we had some issues with blog talk radio and as if in the grand scheme of life in general if i didn't have bad luck i'd have no luck at all straightened out our tech issue with blog talk come on into the ken reedy show studios tonight getting ready for the show Go to turn on my computer to get the studio up and running and no power. No power going into the computer. No power hitting the Mac. Switched up the power cables and still uh, no power. So tech issues seem to be just they, they, they stalk me. They stalk this show. So we're doing the show ghetto style as we're all on our cell phones tonight calling in we're all calling in i'm sitting here in the studio independent wrestling sensation ronaldo santiago is in studio sitting there on his cell phone i'm hoping to get a power cord soon because my phone is at 20 percent. so i apologize if the quality of tonight's show is not up to par but that is where we're So we're going to give you the quote-unquote best in pro wrestling talk tonight. We're going to give you our SummerSlam pre-show because, unbelievable, this summer has been crazy, and it seems like every Sunday this summer something has been popping up and stuff to do, and, and next Sunday, no exception. So... Because we're not available next Sunday, we're going to give you our SummerSlam pre-show. We'll give you some picks. Reserving the right, if the go-home show gives you gives us some something significant, we all might change our picks, but we're going to give you our picks tonight. Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. Again, that is facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. Great stuff on there. Check us out. Tell your friends. Like us. Get involved in the conversation. 
If you want to get on there, piss and moan about stuff. That's cool. We're cool with that. We probably think you're a shithead, but we'll still listen to your opinions, so get on the Facebook. We're also on Twitter. Twitter, our handle is at the Ken Reedy Show. And our website is thekenreedyshow.com. Wait, hold on. I'm, I'm plugging my phone in now. And we're in. So we are good. We got the, the plug-in right now, so hopefully I won't run out of juice as we get you set for SummerSlam. And as I said before, we, we're like running – I don't even know what to call this. We're we're running a little bit of a kind of a poor man show here as we're going through the. Uh... All right, all right, there we go. We're on the blog talk. I'm running this actually through my phone and through the iPad right now. So here we go, and you know, I could especially with tech difficulties like this, could not get through this without my tag team partner. Who is on the line? Hopefully, let's see if this works because I have no confidence in technology. But let's pop this up. Dave, are you there? I am here. Loud and clear, yes. but I am here. Dave, How goes thank it? you. It is going awesome, tag team partner on the line, all the way from Connecticut as we get set for SummerSlam. Also in studio, independent wrestling, a sensation, Rocky Santiago. Rocky, yeah, you're 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 sitting like right across from me. So if you're not there, that's really gonna piss me off. But Rocky, are you there? Last time I checked, I was here. All, All right. right, so good. So we. We are set to give you a solid 90 minutes of pro wrestling talk. And, again, this summer has been crazy. And I, and I want to throw it out to you guys. I mean, we, we've had some time off. Dave, your, your new show has taken off. I think it's great to see we're branching out, you're branching out, doing some new stuff out there, getting some new fans in the fold, throwing it, it retro. Um, for me, as, as a as – a, Going on hiatus, you know, it's interesting doing this show. I feel like at times, as much as I'm a wrestling fan, and I love pro wrestling, um, doing this show, watching Raw and SmackDown sometimes becomes an obligation more than, hey, I'm a fan and I'm enjoying this. I feel like if I'm going to do a wrestling show, how am I going to get on the air and, and not watch Raw or SmackDown and, and pretend to talk about wrestling? And this this hiatus has been somewhat inspiring. I'm excited. I got tickets for the ROH show WrestleMania weekend. Um, I've been watching some different stuff. I've gone back and watched some old school stuff. I Basically, this hiatus has, has done a lot for me to reconnect with why I'm a wrestling fan, why there's stuff out there I, I enjoy why I've, I've jumped into this life uh, hook, line, and sinker all together. And I know for you, Dave, you, you've kind of, this hiatus has been, a, I guess, predominantly involved with just getting your show off the ground. But 
I'm kind of curious before we get into SummerSlam how everyone's hiatus has been, what you've been doing as far as wrestling. Because I'll be honest with you, with this hiatus, there was part of me that was like, do I even want to do this show anymore? Do I want to talk? That's how much I've been disappointed with the main roster. Um, We talk uh, WWE primarily on the show because the callers we have gotten in the past. Um, I, I jumped into watching some NXT. I've really enjoyed watching Ciampa and, and his stuff over there. I've gone back and, and just watched some old school stuff um, just to kind of reconnect with what made me a wrestling fan from the get-go. And, and for me, being involved with the show, I think the hiatus has done me some good as far as reconnecting as a wrestling fan because the WWE has been at least somewhat frustrating for me. So before we get into SummerSlam, I would just like to touch base with both you guys. And I know, Dave, you've got a lot of stuff out there, a lot of content that's been popping up online. Um, Your show has been blowing up. And just aside from, I mean, talk about your show and just what you've been doing as far as us kind of taking a hiatus from the show. Well, I've been – keeping myself busy with the launch of kicking out at two you can uh, check out archive shows over at soundcloud.com each and every wednesday a new download drops and uh i started with a a pilot episode doing a watch along of the 1996 wcw bash at the beach and i've kind of kept up with the SummerSlam theme in the last several weeks doing different shows that are SummerSlam related as we get ready for next weekend SummerSlam event so i've been really focusing my efforts on kicking out at two and helping format the show and planning for the future of that show. Um, make sure you like us over on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash kicking out of two. And we are also on Twitter as well. Our handle is at kicking out two. That's K I C K N O U T. And the number two, um, all kinds of fun going on on social media when it comes to kicking out of two. So I've been keeping my efforts primarily focused on that, watching a lot of old school wrestling stuff, doing research for this show, um, like you can, I am a little frustrated with WWE main roster programming differences. I do enjoy SmackDown a lot more than I enjoy Raw. I feel like it's a shorter show, obviously, being two hours. Storylines are a little bit better, crisper, more consistent. Raw's just been my, you know, my, my melatonin for Monday evenings when it's time for me to go to bed, unfortunately. <laughs> um, and so that's really what I've been up to as far as, uh, you know, m- during this hiatus. I will say um, – I'll touch on the Ring of Honor stuff later in the news. I'm really excited for All In, the Cody Rhodes Young Bucks uh, promoted event. I'm looking forward to that, and I'll, we'll get into that in the news as well later. But uh, I just, yeah, I've just been really focused on uh, launching, kicking out at two. And uh, so far, you know, things have been pretty good. Nothing, nothing but, you know, good things headed, you know, listeners' way when it comes to throwback pro wrestling banter. That's awesome. And I'll tell you, like, as, as we talk about, like, being frustrated with the, the, the current product, I mean, is, is there anything more frustrating? And, again, like, piss off the, 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 the typical independent wrestling fans. I got no time for those, those pieces of garbage. But I'm talking about, like, us as fans that really look at everything objectively and try to, you know, look at the positive, look at the negative, and, 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 and I've always taken pride in our show that, you know, we really, on this show, we don't allow 
trends to influence us. We we literally talk about what we think is working and what's not working on the show. We don't allow fans, uh, good or bad, to influence what we want to talk about. But I'll tell you, man, like Roman Reigns to me is the most frustrating individual in pro wrestling because, look, any any wrestling fan that sits down and, and you know, sits there, they're, they're fat ass, like Kleenex next to the end table, lotion right there, mother's basement, loser, mother effer, and sits there and is like, oh, my God, Roman Reigns sucks. Dude, Roman Reigns does not suck. And but I'll tell you, as a fan and, and being objective, I can't get behind Roman Reigns now because I just I continue to look at like what the WWE is doing and creative is doing him no favors. They continue to just do him no favors. And and for you to sit there as a wrestling fan and, and again, if you sit there and say Roman Reigns sucks, that means like Go to the gym and pick up at least, like, could you pick up a, a 2.5-pound weight just for shits and giggles to pretend you actually know what it's like to be a goddamn athlete? Because if you say Roman Reigns sucks, you're an idiot. Roman Reigns does not suck. Roman Reigns is a big mother effer with a lot of talent in that ring that moves really well for a big guy that's got a lot of upside. The problem is with WWE, and you want to tell me WWE sucks, I am more willing to get behind you there than for you to tell me Roman Reigns sucks. And right now, Roman Reigns is the most frustrating wrestler that maybe I've ever watched because that guy's got all the talent in the world, and I am having a hard time getting behind him creatively because I want to root for him. I want to get behind him. I recognize all the talent this guy has. And yet, I just feel like WWE Creative is just not doing him any favors over and over again. And we'll get more into that as we look at the championship match. Let's, like, shift over to Rocky, who is in studio. And, Rocky, we've had a bit of hiatus. You know, we were excited. We were texting back and forth to get tickets to the ROH show, WrestleMania weekend. We're pumped for that. As far as the hiatus goes, and, and we haven't talked wrestling in a while, Rocky, what's your thoughts overall as far as the wrestling landscape? Well, uh, I, I think it's a fairly interesting time in the wrestling landscape. Like, uh, to be honest, like during the hiatus, I've had my own running around to do. Uh, I, I tried to catch Dave and his new content, uh, new content with Kicking Out of Two, and I th- think it's great. Uh, I've have watched Raw and SmackDown. Uh, and honestly, uh, if I had to say my point of main excitement would, would probably be the uh, the cruise of Jericho in October that I'm still, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still on the fence if it's happening, but I, I have high hopes. I have high hopes. Uh, you know, other than that, really, wrestling-wise, I've been concentrating on, on knocking off some ring rust because I'm stepping back in the ring on uh, September 16th for uh, New, New England Frontier Wrestling and their uh, Wishes on Wheels. Uh, looks to be a fun time in uh, East, uh, East Hartford, Connecticut, up in uh, Dave's country. But, uh, you know, I, I still have hope. 
you know, if I had to summarize it in, in a sentence, I still have hope with the WWE. And I can agree with both of you that Raw has been a little bit hard to watch. Uh, SmackDown, I, you know, a better product in my eyes so far. I really like what they're doing uh, as far as the women, uh, especially – you're starting to see inklings of possibly a budding tag team division with women, which I think would be interesting. Uh, you have the Mae Young Classic, uh, you know, happening in the wings. And uh, some of those ladies I've stepped in the ring with, so, uh, you know, I'm excited for them. Kudos go out to uh, every single uh, lady in the tournament. Uh, you know, I, I've been all over the place. And just recently, uh, on a personal note, I've just come back from uh, Great Lakes, Michigan. I got to see my uh, my stepdaughter, graduate and become one of the newest sailors in the United States Navy. And uh, I was able to attend that in full dress uh, as promised. So uh, that, uh, that's really what's been going on during hiatus for me. And, and big congratulations to your stepdaughter for, and, and thank, thank her for, uh, you know, serving the United States military. Um, it is interesting because I think, I also think as, as the wrestling landscape changes, you're looking at, um, this show changing and, and, you know, we have the highest respect for fans and you guys listening, like, you know, we don't know what the hell we're doing. <laughs> like we're, we might be moving in a new direction, but you know, I grew up a primarily WWF kid um, in the nineties. I, I bought into the, the Monday night wars and kind of went back and forth with that. Uh, I did the TNA WWE thing um, then went primarily WWE, but now it's uh, the wrestling landscape's changing. And I think as an old dog, as an old school wrestling fan, um, it might be time to change it up and, and kind of look at some other things and uh, uh, give our feedback on, on other things. So uh, the, the wrestling landscape is, is definitely changing. But tonight, it's all about SummerSlam. We're going to talk SummerSlam as far as next week. But what better way to get you set for SummerSlam than to go back and give you a little history, and that's what we do here on the Ken Reedy Show. Our resident historian, Dave, is going to give you his SummerSlam throwback. So without further ado, here is Dave with his SummerSlam throwback. Welcome back, class. Long time no see, hasn't it? I know it's been a while. So I'm going to go slow this time around. SummerSlam is entering its 31st installment as we celebrate 30 years of the Summer Classic. And the scheduled main event is expected to be Brock Lesnar defending the Universal Championship against Roman Reigns. The backstory going into this match is the uncertain future of Brock Lesnar as it's rumored his current WWE contract is coming to an end. And with his UFC appearance recently, all signs point to the Beast's return to the Brocktagon. Which begs the question, how does WWE creative end this year's SummerSlam event? The audience continues to reject Roman Reigns. Braun Strowman's popularity is continuing to rise while he holds the Money in the Bank briefcase. But he's scheduled to face Kevin Owens at this year's event with his Money in the Bank contract on the line. A lot of moving parts that need to be addressed before heading into this year's event, that's for sure. So for this retrospective, I thought I'd take a stroll down memory lane, compiling a list of the top five finishes in SummerSlam history. This pay-per-view throwback retrospective is entitled Grand Finale. Coming in at number five, 
CM Punk regains his WWE championship from John Cena in 2011 after previously walking out of the company with that very same title. With the celebration in full swing, a returning Kevin Nash appeared from the audience and leveled Punk with a jackknife powerbomb, sending the straight-edge star a message. What that message was at the time, well, we weren't aware or sure. But that moment led to Alberto Del Rio cashing in his Money in the Bank contract and stealing the WWE title from CM Punk to close out this year, that year's event. Before Punk lost the title, Triple H, the best friend of Kevin Nash, was the special guest referee for the title match with Cena. Remember that as we move on to our next moment coming in at number four. In 2013, Daniel Bryan reached his highest achievement that year by defeating John Cena for the WWE title. With confetti filling the Staples Center, Bryan soaked in the adulation until special referee Triple H spoiled the party, delivering a pedigree to the champion, allowing Randy Orton to cash in his money in the bank and become the WWE champion. On that night, the authority was born. Notice the trend here when Triple H dons the zebras. Number three, the crooked referee epidemic continues from SummerSlam 1997. It was Bret the Hitman Hart challenging The Undertaker for the WWE Championship. Shawn Michaels was the controversial guest referee. Several stipulations had to be put in place in order for this match to take, to take place. If Bret the Hitman Hart was unable to capture the title from The Undertaker, then he would no longer be allowed to wrestle in the United States. If Brett's most hated enemy, Shawn Michaels, were to show favoritism towards The Undertaker as the guest referee, then he, too, would also not be allowed to wrestle in the good old U.S. of A. The closing moments of this match saw Michaels get knocked to the outside. With the heartbreak kid out on the floor, Bret Hart used the steel chair to inflict further damage to the dead man. When the heartbreak kid came to, the chair was visible in the corner, which begged the question, how did it get there? Michaels attempts to get that answer from Brett, and unwillingly, Brett refuses. The only answer the hitman delivered comes in the form of spitting in the face of Mr. WrestleMania. With a chair in hand, an enraged Michaels swings for Brett, but instead nails the Undertaker square in the head. Knowing his future could be in doubt, he doesn't make the three count. Or knowing his future could be in doubt if he doesn't make the three count, Michaels counts the dead man's shoulders to the mat reluctantly to secure Bret Hitman Hart's victory and the WWE Championship. Coming in at number two, the referee screw jobs, they've come to an end in this countdown. As we go back to the year 1991, as the Macho Man Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth, Miss Elizabeth exchanged their wedding vows in the hallowed halls of Madison Square Garden. Their roller coaster association over the years culminated as the first couple of WWE made it official for the entire world to witness. That was the fairy tale ending we all witnessed as SummerSlam went off the air that night. But that's not how things truly ended for Randy and Liz. As the celebration continued at the portion of that reception where they opened the gifts. Footage the following weekend on WWF Superstars showed Miss Elizabeth opening her gifts alongside Macho Man and Mean Gene Okerlund, and the sight of a King Cobra popped out of the presence. Undertaker, along with Jake the Snake Roberts, attacked the Macho Groom and scared the beautiful bride half to death. The despicable moment didn't last very long as Sid Justice fended the deranged duo off with a folding chair. And coming in at number one for the greatest ending to a SummerSlam finish comes the following year in 1992. Wembley Stadium in London, England holds the honor of the site where Bret the Hitman Hart and fellow countryman British Bulldog Davy Boy Smith battled it out in a classic encounter for the Intercontinental title. The brothers-in-law brought their working boots to the UK show 
who the best of the best was not only in the Hart family, but in all of WWE. Closing moments saw Brett attempt the sunset flip, but the Bulldog countered and hooked both legs to score the biggest victory of his wrestling career. The sold-out Wembley Stadium on their feet, celebrating their countrymen's highest achievement. Bulldog and Brett embraced as a show of respect for their efforts in the match, and were then joined by Brett's sister, Davey's wife Diana, as pyrotechnics sound off to close out SummerSlam 1992 with what some people may argue as the greatest match in SummerSlam history. Class, thank you all so much for joining me on this SummerSlam countdown. If you want more SummerSlam retrospectives, then head on over to SoundCloud.com and check out Kicking Out at Two. My newest venture into pro wrestling podcasting is I cover topics from the 80s, 90s, and early to mid-2000s. In the archives, we get into the SummerSlam theme, where we have a list of shows dedicated to honoring the summer classic. SummerSlam 97 Watch Along, as you fire up your WWE Network and listen to our alternate commentary on this event while watching along with us. We also have our Trading Places series, where we take the results from a prior SummerSlam and flip the switch, trying to navigate the impact those results would have had moving forward, booking feel that most podcasts give out. The My Favorites Collection chronicles one of my favorite rivalries, the classic Triple H, Shawn Michaels, SummerSlam 2002 encounter. Heroes of SummerSlam covers the superstars that make SummerSlam what it is today. And this Wednesday on SoundCloud.com, we cover SummerSlam 1993 in long form as we bookend the SummerSlam theme on Kicking Out at Two. Join Kicking Out at Two on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash kicking out at two. Hit the like button, become part of the throwback wrestling fun. Pictures, videos, memes, debates, and discussions all at your disposal. That same fun is welcomed over on Twitter. Our handle is at KickingOut2, K-I-C-K-N-O-U-T and the number two. The same fun, but 140 characters or less. All right, my time here is done. Hope you all enjoyed this month's throwback retrospective. Let's just hope that the finish to Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam can be exciting and become a future discussion in a positive manner here on the pay-per-view throwback. Class dismissed. That's good stuff, man. You know, and, and I, I was a big fan of the HBK, Triple H rivalry. And it, it's interesting when you talk about stuff like that and you look at, and, and that might be part of the problem with the main roster when you start to look at great rivalries, you know. I mean, in all honesty, when you start to look at and, and we're all old school fans. I've been watching wrestling for the better part of 30 years. Um, when you start to rank best feuds, best rivalries, best programs. I mean, Jesus, like, I don't know if anything in the last 10 years cracks like my top 10 as far as best rivalries, and maybe that's that's part of the problem. Um, but you're looking at, you know, you're talking about Dave, Triple H, and Shawn Michaels. That was a great rivalry. Shawn Michaels and um, Chris Jericho was another great rivalry. That's a recent memory going back, obviously way back. Uh, there's a lot of great rivalries, but yeah, man, like I start ranking stuff. There's not a lot of that, that blood feud kind of feel that I'm like, all right, yeah, last year, like this rivalry was great. So maybe that's part of the problem as far as writing, but let's get into the current product, the current feel. Let's knock off some of these matches that we, you know, probably really don't care about. <laughs> but, um and which sucks, honestly. Let, let's get into it. But at SummerSlam, the pre-show, we got Rusev and Lana versus Almas and Selena Vega. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is kind of a weird thing because I, I almost feel like Vince uh, is resistive to the Rusev Day 
surge. And as much as I look at this and I want to pick Rusev and Lana to win this match, I kind of have this feeling that they are not going to win this match. And I think they should because the Rusev thing is organic. Uh, it, I think it's great. I think Rusev is very talented. And honestly, when I look at Rusev, I feel like he could be a main eventer. But my gut feels like they're not going to win this match. And Almas and Vega are going to win this mixed tag. So I'm going to go with the heels here winning this mixed tag match. Rocky, what do you think? Well, you know what, Ken? I, I, I hear your assessment, and I agree with it. Uh, I, I, To be honest, this match kind of sticks in my craw a little bit because I think uh, just coming off about an outstanding bout between uh, Rusev and AJ, uh, Rusev and Lana, I guess, uh, put into this, not taking anything away from Almas or Vega, they're up and comers. Uh, I think that they have bright futures ahead of them. Uh, I just kind of wish that they slotted in someone else besides Rusev and Lana. That being said, and uh, going along with my earlier uh, commentary on the WWE, I'm going to hold out hope. I am going to go with Rusev and Lana. I am hoping that. The WWE, you know, give uh, Almas and, and Zelina some shenanigans, but uh, at the end of the day, when the bell rings, I am hoping for a happy Rusev and Lana day. What do you think, Dave? Short and sweet, right? Well, you both hit it on, hit the nail on the head when it comes to Rusev. You both make great points. I can't disagree with either of you, but I'm going to go and lean in the favor of Almas and Vega. They're a new thing. Rusev and Lana are kind of established, and I, I sense a I sense an Aiden English involvement since you know teasing a breakup of Rusev Day in some form or fashion. So, um, yeah, almost in Vega for the win on the kickoff show. Whoop de fucking do. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, moving on, a, a match we could talk about quickly: Cedric Alexander versus Drew Gulak. 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 For the Cruiserweight Championship. We'll kick it off with you, Rock. Who do you think wins this match? Well, again, full disclosure, I have not been keeping up with 205 Live uh, as as I should. Uh, what, should you? Should, yeah, should the, you? The, the, Is it worth watching? The d- debatable question. Debatable question. I, I actually do have uh, some interest in the Cruiserweights, just not in the present day interpretations uh, of what Cruiserweight wrestling should be. Uh, but to move on, uh, to keep it, keep it short and sweet, I'm going to go with Cedric Alexander to retain the uh, WWE Cruiserweight Championship. What do you think, Dave? Short and sweet, right? Gulak for the victory. New champion. I don't care about this match. Next. <laughs> and you know what, Dave? We're, we're all on the same page here again. Like from a standpoint that I just don't care. I'm, I'm um, all alone on my island. I'm going to go with Gulak. I'm going to go with a change in championship here. We're going to go with Gulak. Gulak as the new cruiserweight championship. As let's move on to like shit we just don't care about. There should be a segment like that. With some of these like 
pay-per-view pre-shows. And now for the shit we just don't care about. Finn Balor versus Baron Corbin. A match with, like, look, I'm happy that they've given Baron Corbin something that's slightly more relevant. I don't know what to make of this stuff. We'll start with you, Dave. Your thoughts on this match? Um, Another match I don't care about. Like you said, this is in the shit that I don't care about category here on the Ken Reedy Show. I'm going to go with Finn Balor for the win because how can you take anyone seriously named Constable Corbin? <laughs> Yeah, it, it's it's amazing with, with, you know, Corbin that, like, you know, you could have made him, the, like, I don't know where, like, all of a sudden in the 21st century that being a constable is relevant, um, but you, you could have made him the constable and not necessarily made it part of, like, his gig. It could have been his, you know, it's it's not like Triple H introduced, like, you know, the CLO Triple H. I mean, you could have just, I don't know. I, I, I don't care about this match, but I think that when, when you look at these two guys, um, I think there's some optimism as far as Finn Balor. Balor's a guy to continue to build. I, I don't know what to make of Baron Corbin. I, I You know, when I think about, like, yeah, Baron Corbin, um, I'm not saying there's not something you could do with him. But when I look at the roster, Finn Balor's the guy that you think, you know, perhaps could be something. So this is a match to, to I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't even know why I'm still talking about this match. Finn, Finn Balor with the win. What do you think, Rock? Uh, so the, my main, main thing that sticks in my craw about this pairing is just the size differential between Corbin and, and Finn. And the the idea that Corbin is supposed to be afraid if Finn all of a sudden starts advancing towards him and looks down at this little shrimp of a guy and says, oh, look at you. That being said, keeping it short and sweet, um, screw Balor. I'm going to go with Constable Corbin. Constable Corbin for the win. Really on that island, huh? Especially with the ladies. <laughs> Jesus! Wow! We really are taking a new direction here at the Ken. I just say, man, as far as like being out on an island, like Rocky decides to be on the Baron Corbin Island, that's that's some pretty gutsy shit. But you know, when it comes to Rocky, like you know, now like there's going to be Baron Corbin's going to be having his hand held up in victory, and we're going to be like, I, I'm looking forward to the text coming through from Dave, like effing Rocky. Yeah, seriously. He's 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 good for that. <laughs> he's good for those out of left field kind of picks. But like yeah, so I, I think we've gotten done with all our shit no one cares about picks. So let's like let's get into some maybe shit people might hopefully care about picks. Um looking at the uh why not? Why not? Let's go to the Triple threat match, WWE Women's Championship. And we've been on hiatus. We haven't been able to talk about the WWE, uh, an all-women's pay-per-view, which I think is exciting. But at the same time, WWE Creative that does pay-per-views that has the entire roster to build a pay-per-view, now all of a sudden has a small percentage of the roster 
to build a pay-per-view around and make it exciting. I, I'm sorry, man. I, as much aesthetically and, and on paper, it's like, hey, look at the WWE, how progressive they are. I, I'm not necessarily, like, optimistic that this – they better knock it out of the park because it's not going to be a good look if, if this pay-per-view sucks. But cool, I, I love the um, fix involved here as far as uh, putting this pay-per-view together. Um, I, it's interesting because as far as the build with SummerSlam, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of a lot of the build. I think there's a lot of potential with Carmella, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte Flair, um, three very talented competitors. Carmella being the least talented, but she's She's put out there a really cool character that works as a chicken shit kind of heel. So, Dave, I'm going to let you kick this these picks off here. What are your thoughts on the triple threat match for the ladies' championship? It's definitely got legs in terms of the creative direction it can go following the finish of this match. Charlotte just returned. She's always been known as, you know, the, 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 the measuring stick, the face of that, of, of the WWE women's evolution, so to speak. And Becky Lynch has always seemed to have been the girl that has, yes, she's, you know, labeled a four horse woman, but she doesn't really get just due for what she's brought to it. Um, definitely, a, a, a the kind of talent that is like, I guess you, I wouldn't say she's the Dolph Ziggler of the women's division, but she, you can rely on her and put her in, in big pressure situations creatively, and she doesn't get rewarded for it. And then there's Carmella, who has basically no one thought she was going to amount to anything when they paired her with Enzo and Cass. They thought Enzo and Cass were going to do great things, and she was going to – and look, Enzo and Cass are gone, and she's still there, and she's the women's champion. So, you know, shame on me for, for, for having that kind of, you know, thought and objection towards where Carmella's career was going to go. But the dynamic of – what the real story is here is of Charlotte and Becky and their path to get into the title, but their friendship getting in the way. And I, I like where that, where that can go. Will they go the route and have Becky finally snap and lose it and take it out on her friend, Charlotte, is Charlotte going to steal the victory? Is Becky going to cost her the Carmella? Unfortunately, in this situation, she takes the back seat a little bit, but as far as my pick goes, I think Mark Carmella, who, definitely has risen her stock in the last year or so since winning money in the bank is going to raise it even further with a victory at the, in SummerSlam against Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. So that's my pick for that match. Carmella keeping the SmackDown women's championship. Well, I think there is a one phrase here that is fairly apropos and that is Mella is money. Um, I think everyone shortchanged Carmella from Jump, Uh, and I fully admit I was kind of on that bandwagon in the beginning, but I'm really liking where she has developed this, you know, dastardly heel character. And no one's going to, you know, mistake her having the wrestling ability of a Charlotte Flair, but... You know, what people fail to realize is sometimes you don't need that. If you can develop a character and if you can sell that character and the, and the folks buy it, then you're, you're well on your way. And I think uh, Carmella has done that. And I am a fan of this build. I, I, I like the tag match on, on SmackDown. Um, I like the way all these ladies work each other. 
So I think it's going to be an interesting story to be told when you have, you know, Becky and Charlotte and Carmella in the same ring. And with all that being said, I'm going to agree with Dave. Uh, I think Carmella is going to retain the women's title uh, simply because, you know, this run is already doing, doing her fairly well. And I think a longer run with another win over Charlotte and a win over Becky will just really cement this run. And after that, then perhaps you you start toying with taking the belt off of her. And, and I think you all bring up valid points. And there, there's there's storytelling to be told right now. And you know, I think when you when you head to WrestleMania, the the story to be told. The match to be had is, and, and we'll see what happens, superstar shakeups, champion versus champion, however they try to finagle it. But WrestleMania, I would be shocked if we do not go into WrestleMania this year and we do not see Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey for one of the titles. I think we'll see that at some point, but we're, being, we're a, little, a little soon for that. I, I, I'm trying. I'm hoping for creative that they'll they'll put a, together a good storyline. But I look at Carmella right now a lot like Chris Jericho when Chris Jericho was the unified champion when no one would have expected he was the guy to walk away with that unified championship. And so I'm going to agree with both of you guys. I think Carmella is going to retain. I think just again, I have no confidence with WWE creative. So when I sit here and say, like, this is what I'm going to, I would like to see happen, I'm hoping, I'm praying, I'm, I'm like begging the wrestling gods, give me something. But I think there's a lot of storytelling to be told between Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair, and you can have Carmella win this belt and perhaps continue a feud with Becky Lynch or with Charlotte Flair, or maybe go off in a different direction and have a feud Lynch and Flair come off this match. So I think this match gives you some creative juice as far as different directions. You could bring someone else into the title picture um, after this match and kind of start a quote-unquote blood feud between Lynch and Flair coming out of this. So I think there's a lot more potential I think Carmella is a is an individual that is lacking as far as wrestling ability, but has some good character development, is that consummate chicken shit heel. So I think Carmella still needs that belt. I think Carmella is still great as that heel champion. So looking at it from a creative standpoint, I, I think Becky Lynch, you could expand her character a bit. I think Charlotte Flair is the best, bar none, ladies wrestler on the planet right now. And she's fine, whether she's holding a belt or not, whether she's a heel or face, it doesn't matter. Charlotte is great. She's an all-time great. You can use her to put other people over. So, but I think Carmella needs the belt right now. So I'm going to agree with you. First hat trick of the night, Carmella with retaining the championship in this triple threat matchup. Let's move on to the United States Championship match: Jeff Hardy versus 
Shit Stain Nakamura. Yeah. All right. I think it's going to be an entertaining matchup. I think it's going to be fun stuff. Maybe we see, um, you know, maybe we see Orton. Maybe Orton's in the locker room taking his junk out. You know, who knows what's going to happen here. <laughs> but, uh, I'm just I'm going to go with Nakamura retaining and holding on to the U.S. championship. Dave, your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, I can't believe you went there. We really are taking a different direction on this show. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, for real, man. Yeah, that's another story. I didn't put that in my news, but that's that's a little disturbing. We could talk about that another day, or not. I I, I won't, you know, skip <laughs> over it. But uh, but um, the the match itself, I I I hope it's going to be better. Obviously, Hardy was injured last month at Extreme Rules. That's why they kind of went with that finish. Um, I I like their SmackDown match. They had a few days later. This inclusion of Orton into it. Um, people are, are like fully expecting him to be added to the match and it's very well possible it could, but I'd rather kind of keep him out of it a little bit because the, the mystery of, of where his intentions are with Nakamura, because he's not exactly friendly with Nakamura, but he wasn't, you know, totally against him either. Whereas he was really targeting Jeff Hardy. So um, I wouldn't put him in this match. I just let these two guys go at it. And then if Orton wants to show up later and pull his wing wang out, by all means, he can fucking do that. I'll just, you know, leave the room for a moment. But um, it should be a good match. It should be a fun match. Hopefully it's better, obviously, than the Extreme Rules match. But like you said, Ken, you know, sometimes I don't even have faith in WWE creative. And I usually try to find the silver line in everything they do. And I can't these days lately. So that being said, Shinsuke Nakamura wins with a knee to Jeff Hardy Yeah, this this match I'm actually fairly interested in, as a matter of fact. Um, I, I think both of these competitors have styles that complement each other well. Um, I do think the addition of Orton into the mix is intriguing. Uh, the, the promo he cut uh, on SmackDown was, you know, top-notch, uh, as as has come to be expected from Randy. Um, I, I, I'm, as far as starting out this pay-per-view, so far I have been, for the most part, out on my own island. So on this one, I, I'm going to kind of continue that trend uh, by saying, because Dave brought up, brought up a very good point that, uh, there is no love lost between Nakamura and Orton either. So I'm going to go with a no contest finish. I say Orton just RKO's everyone and say the hell with it. Let's have this be a push for a triple threat match later for the U.S. title. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. About time. Thanks. One of us here thinking a little bit outside the box. God, we've all been, like, caught up with WWE Creative. We're all, like, inside the box. And no contest prediction for the singles match of the United States Championship from Rocky as we get through that, that pick. And let's get one more pick before the break. I'm going to go into a tag team match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. The Bludgeon Brothers, Harper and Rowett versus New Jersey. 
for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. This has got me so excited. I'm so excited about this match. Rocky, who you got? To the point on this one, simply because uh, I really have no thoughts either way. Uh, I enjoy both teams for their own uh, personal style. I'm going to go with New Day for your new tag team champions of SmackDown. Dave? They've wrestled Bludgeon Brothers before. They've been in the tag team mix before. Last, you know, a month and a half ago, they flirted with New Day in, in kind of you know staying as a group but moving into a more singles role when they put one of them in the money in the bank. Now they put them back in the tag team mix. Why would you put them – why would you have them win this tournament, defeat the bar who just came back, defeat, you know, Sanity, and only for them to lose to the fucking Bludgeon Brothers again, which, by the way, I still hate that name. So, with that being said – just based on the fact that WWE likes to break their own records and they have faith in New Day, New Day's going to win the tag team titles at SummerSlam. And I don't know, man. I'm I'm kind of torn. Like my 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 brain is saying just go with you guys and say New Day, and as part of me, it's like I should just I should just be different. I should just I should just be the the devil's advocate. Different. And say the Bludgeon Brothers are going to... And it is a stupid name. It is a stupid, stupid name. What the hell? I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to differentiate from the crowd. I'm going to go with the Bludgeon Brothers with a retention. You know It's just to be different. It's just to be different. Bludgeon Brothers with the victory here. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. If you want to chime in on your thoughts on SummerSlam again, scheduling difficulties has gotten us doing our SummerSlam pre-show a week early. What you can do, but right now it's time for the day five fifty-fifty news report. Take it away, Dave. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. This is the day five fifty-fifty news report, which can only be heard right here at the Ken Reedy Show, the best in pro wrestling talk. Check out B-Plus Players Radio right now on both Facebook and Twitter to check out some of our archive shows, as well as other great professional wrestling-related content that Mark Adam Haggerty is compiling over there. Mark hosts his own show, The Outsider's Edge, the flagship podcast at B-Plus. You can also find him appearing on other podcasts on the network, because he can do that. Why wouldn't he? Who hasn't had enough of Mark Adam Haggerty? Mark can't even get enough of himself, so why should any of you? Avenue and cover this week's top stories. CM Punk is still a sorry piece of shit, cocksucking motherfucker sociopath. And why is this news, may you ask? Well, because he left his good buddy Colt Cabana holding the bag with legal fees upwards of over $200,000. Cabana is now suing Punk for breach of contract and fraud because, according to him, Punk agreed to cover his legal fees during the defamation of character trial with WWE's head physician, Dr. Chris Amon, via a text message. But later, the agreement was drawn out in some form of a contract. Midway through this ordeal, Punk tells him that he's on his own and sends him the legal fees that he felt Cabana was responsible for. Punk's lawyer would later offer his services to work with Cabana, but Colt declined and found legal counsel of his own. Colt Cabana is asking for $200,000 in general damages and $1 million in punitive damages. Missy Hyatt, 
said it best on Twitter recently, and this is coming from a woman who's had a reputation for being the town pump in any locker room she's resided in. She says, and I quote, Sad when a person that once builds himself as the best in the world is far from the bestie in the world and leaves a person a six-figure bill for allowing them a forum to air their grievances. Not cool. Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling have sold out Madison Square Garden for their G1 Supercard event on April the 6th, 2019, the night before WrestleMania 35, which is emanating across the river at MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Overwhelmingly positive reactions from all over the business, as this would be the first time in history of Madison Square Garden that another promoter, not named Vince McMahon, has not only run a pro wrestling event in the building, but has sold out the event. Last month's WWE Live event, which featured the, the garden return of The Undertaker and the garden debut of Ronda Rousey, didn't sell out. But Ring of Honor in New Japan did without even advertising a card ahead of time. As of right now, roughly 18,000 tickets have sold, but some additional seats are expected to be released closer to the date when production has been finalized. And while we're on the subject on the health and wellness of the wrestling business, the Bullet Club camp announced this week that All In will be available for viewing on a number of different TV Ring of Honor's Honor Club streaming service, and traditional pay-per-view. First hour of All In will be airing live and free on the WGN American Network. With this announcement came several announcements on other matches set to take place on this historic card. Jay Lethal is going to defend the Ring of Honor title against the winner of the Over the Budget Battle Royal. Fallen Angel Christopher Daniels will face friend of the Bullet Club actor Stephen Amell from the hit TV show Arrow. Rey Mysterio going to team with Phoenix and Bandito to face the Golden Elite, consisting of the Young Bucks and Kota Ibushi. A women's four-way match pitting Tessa Blanchard, Chelsea Green, Britt Baker, and Madison Rain will be will taking place. Kazuchika Okada goes one-on-one with Bullet Club's The Villain Marty Skrull. Bad Boy Joey Janela faces Bullet Club's Hangman Adam Page. The Briscoes will meet SoCal Uncensored in tag team action. The main event, Cody Rhodes challenging Nick Aldis for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship and just announced this afternoon on social media. IWGP World Heavyweight Champion and Bullet Club member Kenny Omega will go one-on-one with Lucha Underground and Impact Wrestling star Pentagon Jr. in an interpromotional dream match. With the card shaping up, you can expect more names to be announced as we get closer to All In on September the 1st. In my previous story, I made mention of Rey Mysterio. He's been a regular in the rumor mill since he made a surprise return to WWE back in January at the Royal Rumble event. He's looking to return to WWE very soon and has not accepted any independent dates past September the 2nd, which is his last scheduled appearance the day after All In. Mysterio and WWE have gone back and forth on a potential deal for a few months now, with rumors suggesting WWE was looking for Mysterio to pull out of his commitments, which include All In on September 1st. But Mysterio wouldn't budge and wanted to honor every commitment he's made, which has also included a recent New Japan Pro Wrestling show. The details surrounding his new WWE deal are sketchy, with Mysterio going as far as to say that he hasn't even signed with the company yet. But apparently, it's rumored to be for two to three years with a very limited schedule. One rumor suggested that he was set to return to WWE television on the SmackDown Live following next weekend's SummerSlam. But with his schedule still full of commitments, it's obvious WWE will not bring him back until he's free and clear of all his dates. And in our final story this week, recently we had learned that son of WWE Hall of Famer Jerry the King Lawler, Brian Christopher Lawler, unexpectedly committed suicide while incarcerated on DUI charges. Since Brian's passing, Lawler, on behalf of his family, has spoken up about his doubts 
surrounding the manner in which Brian had passed. According to the King, he was in direct contact with the sheriff, who assured him that Brian would be safe and incarceration would be the best place for his son to get clean and sober. Waller goes on to state that the sheriff even offered to get Brian into a rehab facility once he was done serving his time. Jerry also recalls on the latest edition of his Dinner with the King podcast that the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation is collecting their evidence and witness accounts, but the King is still raising his doubts on the issue. He recalls speaking with Brian the morning of the suicide over the phone and didn't notice anything out of place with his demeanor during the call. According to the King, Brian was playing cards with a few inmates when a fight broke out and Brian was struck in the head. According to other eyewitnesses who have come forward and reached out to Lawler and his family, Brian had asked prison staff for medical attention for for a blow to the head from this altercation, but didn't receive it upon request. Say that the jail has over 20 cameras, and according to those he's been in contact with, those cameras were not functioning properly at the time of his passing. Jerry would later release an autopsy photo he was able to obtain of Brian's neck, and there seems to be a large red mark around his neck. But there is a space in between each point of the mark, which would indicate that Brian may have had his hands in that place in an attempt to stop the pressure of the item that was choking him, which now leads the Lawler family and others to believe that he may not have committed suicide after all. Hopefully, as time goes on, not only can the Lawler family find peace with their loss, but I hope they can also get to the bottom of what truly happened to their loved one, Brian Christopher Lawler. And there you have it. Thanks for checking us out this week right here on the Day 5 50 News Report. Tune in next time for more informative pro wrestling news that I can only deliver. Now, once again, allow me for a moment to inform you on my newest venture into the world of professional wrestling podcasts. For those of you late to the party, I introduce to you Kicking Out at Two. Search Kicking Out at Two on SoundCloud.com right now for archive shows that cover some of the most historical moments in wrestling history. We kick things off these last few weeks with different takes on the SummerSlam event, watch-alongs, trading places concept, and the impact it could have had moving forward if each decision was reversed but without the typical fantasy booking most podcasts have. Be a part of the fun and head on over to Facebook, facebook.com forward slash kicking out at two. Hit the like button and be a part of the fun as a hashtag KOA2 crew member. That same membership applies on Twitter. Our handle at kicking out two. The same madness on Facebook, but only 140 characters or less. Tune in this Wednesday at SoundCloud.com as Wild Bill Brown joins me when we bookend the SummerSlam theme and cover SummerSlam 1993. The transition WWE is making at the time while in the midst of a steroid trial, Hulk Hogan's departure, the Lex Express, Bret Hart, Yokozuna, and the forgettable summer event all covered. Continue with more SummerSlam 2018 talk as we send it back to the boys. Rocky and Ken, please take it away. Hey, good stuff, man. And again, condolences to the Lawler family, and uh, hopefully they find peace and figure out uh, – what exactly happened there. But, yeah, I think one of the biggest stories, or if not the biggest story in wrestling, is the fact that um, you essentially have an independent promotion right now that um, is selling out Chicago as far as All In, is selling out WrestleMania weekend, uh, ROH, New Jersey, Jersey, (laughs) New Japan. Um, and, And when you look at that, it's, it's the landscape of pro wrestling and, there might not be one single company that could compete with the WWE, but I believe the landscape can compete and can cause competition. And you know what? Like I, we have tickets. Rocky and I have tickets for the WrestleMania weekend show, ROH in New Japan. And man, like I, I think it's it's a, it's great. I think it's great for the landscape of wrestling. 
I think it's great, you know, like what's going on. I think it's great to see an independent promotion doing something like this. And and honestly, like I, to me as a traditionalist, and I, you know, again, like we try to keep it optimistic here. We keep it positive. But to me, there's a big middle finger to the WWE because how dare you be a Northeast promotion and run WrestleMania weekend in the Northeast and keep MSG dark. And if there was any way I could get to the garden that weekend, I was going to get there. That's the Mecca of pro wrestling. Um, I am so happy to be going to that. And, when it comes to being a wrestling fan, and let me, and we've been critical about new school wrestling fans a lot on the show, and I am going to continue fucking being critical of you motherfuckers. Because here's the deal. If you don't like what's going on in the current product, don't shut the hell up. Go, go to MSG ROH New Japan. Go to All In. Making a statement does not involve bringing a goddamn beach ball to WrestleMania or, like, chanting shit that's not, like, relevant to the match that's going on. That does nothing, man, because you know what? The WWE got your money. You bought the ticket. You're in the arena. So shut the hell up in thinking you're actually doing something. If, If you don't like the WWE product, And honestly, I'm not a fan of it right now, and I've been a purely a WWE fan most of my wrestling fandom, and I'm not going to a WWE show WrestleMania weekend that Saturday. I'm going to an ROH New Japan show in the goddamn Madison Square Garden. That's what you do to make a goddamn statement. And you know what? When it comes to wrestling fans, here's the deal with you mother effing millennials. This is why nobody can take you seriously. Because guys like Dolph Ziggler and Seth Rollins, who are unbelievably talented performers in that squared circle, and you goddamn morons decide that it's more important to chant for a clock than to watch the action going on in the ring. And, and that is why Vince McMahon, creative, everyone else can never take you fans seriously because these guys were giving you what you claim to want in that ring, but no, you get off on going five, four, three, two, one, you goddamn morons. So why don't, if you really want to change the landscape and you think your opinion means something, then do something that means something. Dolph Ziggler and Seth Rollins, I really dig this rivalry. And to me, this is the prototypical old-school mid-card IC championship rivalry that fans will be jonesing for. And if I'm going to be like, I'm, I'm bashing WWE creative, but I dig this shit. I dig putting these two guys together. This is cool. I, I was a fan of, like, the the uh, the Iron Man match. It's a disgrace that you can see these guys talking to each other and saying, oh, geez, like, it was better when the clock was on. They should have get Like, that's insane that these guys who are busting their ass in the ring got to worry about fans chanting about the clock. I, I dig this rivalry. I think it's cool. Um, you know what? I'm just going to – when I look at the, picking this match – 
there's part of me that's really, really, really leaning towards Seth Rollins, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take a chance. I think Dolph Ziggler is is great as this champion, as the IC champion. I think Seth Rollins is a guy that really can do no wrong, and a loss, another loss, does not kill him. He can be bumped up to the the WWE Championship or the the Universal Championship. You can move him over and go into the U.S. Championship. I don't think another loss hurts him at all. I think Dolph Ziggler is so goddamn talented. I love the McIntyre-Ziggler pairing. I think there's a lot more to to be had here with the Ziggler Championship run. Do we have a a Rollins victory in some square way where Ziggler retains the title? Perhaps, but I'm going to go with Ziggler with the victory. And you know what? All those fans out there that chanted for the clock, you're a goddamn disgrace. And in all honesty, take a short walk off a long pier and just never go back to a wrestling show. You're an absolute disgrace. Rocky, your thoughts on this match? Well, I, Ken, I just had to say, I, sometimes I really wish you would just open up and tell us what you really feel. <laughs> sometimes I just think you keep shit bottled up inside. You need to let it out every once in a while. As far as the match, um, these two guys are workhorses that most of the roster should be measured against. Uh, you know, these guys have phenomenal work rates. They can, they know how to work a match. They know how to work a crowd. And I'm digging the rivalry. I'm there with you, Ken. Uh, I think these guys can really go the distance uh, as, as far as putting on entertaining matches. Uh, the Iron Man match was, you know, was a great match. Uh, with Extreme Rules, the match of the night for me was definitely AJ Rusev, but this was a close second. You know, if you if you said this was your favorite match of the night for that night, I can't be mad at you. Uh, that being said, you have them in this rematch here, and you know it's a straight match. Even with, even with no stipulations, these guys are going to tear the tear the house down. I have no doubt. Uh, but as far as who's going to come out on top, I am going to agree with you, Ken. I think uh, Ziggler as champion works. Uh, I think uh, Rollins chasing the championship works. I say you probably have some sort of shenanigans with McIntyre to uh, to help uh, Ziggler retain. Uh, I, I think this, again, this rivalry is good. It has legs. I think you can squeeze another one, two matches out of it. And I'm really digging where Ziggler's going. Ziggler deserves it. You know, he's put in a lot of work, and he's put a lot of guys over, and he, it's more than, he's more than due for a nice long run, and I think this is going to be it. Your thoughts, Dave? I'm right there with you on both both your points of view when it comes to the work rate with these two. This has been a great pairing. The match quality has been awesome. For you know, Ken, I am totally on board. There are shithead wrestling fans out there everywhere. I was so disappointed because these same wrestling fans walked out of a pay-per-view a few months prior because Roman Reigns was in the main event. They let their voice be heard, despite whether I agree with it or not. They let their voice be heard. They walked out of that pay-per-view backlash with that Reigns main event. They, they, they showed their displeasure of him. Now Vince McMahon and WWE management 
give you something that, that you want, that you've been pushing for such a long time. Dolph Ziggler in a prominent spot in the main event scene. Seth Rollins in a prominent spot in the main event scene. The Intercontinental Championship main eventing a WWE pay-per-view. And what do you assholes do? You fuck it up by playing countdown with the clock for the majority of that match. And and you're going to wonder. You're going to still wonder. That's how stupid you are. You're still going to wonder why Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns headlines this SummerSlam event. It's because of fucking idiots like you that ruined it just a month ago. Okay? So when you see Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns headlining the 34-hour SummerSlam event that's going to take place next week, because it's going to take 34 (laughs) hours just to get through the fucking thing, and you're going to wonder why you're so angry at seeing those two in the main event, you can thank yourselves, the guy sitting next to you, the guy sitting behind you, the guy sitting in front of you in the fucking box of tissues that sits on your end table, okay? You can thank all of that for making Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar in the main event because you screwed it up. Now, since we're being real here, talking about our feelings, let's talk about the match for a second. It should be an excellent match. I'm sure the fans are going to find a reason to shit all over this match for some reason. I don't know why they would, but I'm sure they are. These two guys have been great together. This has been a fantastic pairing. But, Ken, you brought it up earlier. Let's think outside the box for a minute, okay? I may be going on a limb here. I'm going to be on an island to myself in this case. But I'm picking a Seth Rollins victory with help from a returning Dean Ambrose. And then... And then, wait, there's more. Dean Ambrose is then going to turn on Seth Rollins, and he's going to – it's probably going to take place the next night on Raw because they need to make sure something big happens on Raw because nothing big happens on Raw these days. And Dean Ambrose is going to turn on Rollins so that he could be the one that takes the Intercontinental Championship from Seth freaking Rollins. That's my pick. I like it. Like not that's a little bit outside the box and I and I kinda like it, man. And and again, like and I'm glad you kind of like elaborated on my point because like if you're if you're a wrestling fan right now and you're and you're crapping all over the WWE, man, like you, you got like nothing you know, if, if that crowd watching that Iron Man match was just freaking hot and hanging on every spot on that match and, like, on their feet, you know, creative would have to take notice and, and be like, you know, look at this. Look at Rollins. Look at Ziggler. Look at the match they're putting on. Look at the fans and how invested they are. In the, but what did the fans do in that match? No, they shit on that match. That's what's insane. They shit on a good match. They decided the clock was more important. So what does WWE creative see when they look at that? The fans don't care. We can throw whatever. It doesn't matter. They'll shit on, they'll shit on a five-star match. Just put a goddamn clock on the wall, and it doesn't matter. We could, like, somehow find the fountain of youth and put, like, Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat out there in their prime, and if we put a clock on the wall, well, the goddamn fans are going to be chanting for the clock instead of what's going on in the ring. So it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. So we're just going to throw you the same garbage we've been throwing you. So shame on you, fans. Great point there, Dave. Let's go into Strowman and Kevin Owens, the money in the bank holder. The money in the bank is on the line. This is interesting when you look at Lesnar versus Reigns. Does this have anything to do with that matchup? Do we have a cash-in on this night? When you look at the briefcase, honestly, I would have, again, out of the box, 
let's go fantasy booking. When Brock Lesnar came back to Raw, I would have had Braun Strowman in the middle of a promo come down, cash in, win that belt, and then, and again, I guess we're channeling a little bit of the Jericho and, and his unified championship run because I would have looked at this much like the ultimate underdog. I would have Strowman beat Lesnar for that title. And when you looked at it, Strowman cashes in on Raw. He's the new champion. Obviously, Lesnar's owed a rematch, so he's entitled to a match. Roman Reigns was the number one contender. He's entitled to a match. Kevin Owens was entitled for a match for that briefcase, but the briefcase has already been cashed in. He's entitled to a match. Fatal four-way, and with all those goddamn monsters, I would have booked Kevin Owens to come out on top and be your new universal champion. Again, thinking a little bit outside the box. That did not happen. But I'm going to go a little bit in that direction and Braun Strowman does not need that briefcase. I think Owens is a guy that Holy cow. What what Owens could do being Mr. Money in the Bank would be incredible. I would lean against him cashing in on SummerSlam because I think he would be amazing holding that briefcase. So, I'm going to go out on a limb and you got the the monster among men. Get these hands. But I'm going to go with Kevin Owens somehow figuring out a way to be victorious and walking away with the briefcase tonight. Dave, what do you think? Now, you said at the beginning of this program that anything, barring anything that takes place on Raw or or even SmackDown, we can kind of change our picks up as we head into SummerSlam next week, correct? Correct. Okay, so as of right now, originally when I was thinking about these picks, I thought to myself, I, I, I'm like you. Braun doesn't need that briefcase. Owen, it could have benefited Owens more, and it still could to some degree. But as of right now, I'm going to pick Braun Strowman winning. But that may change later in the week based on what takes place tomorrow night on Raw. And maybe even based on my my, my pick for the Universal match. But I I don't – I mean – I mean, the briefcase helps Braun, but it doesn't help him that much more than it needs to. Whereas you put the briefcase in Owen's hands, it it certainly helps him. But you also have to take into account what they have planned for the Universal Championship picture with with Reigns and, and Brock following SummerSlam. And we'll get into that in a few minutes, I'm sure. But as of right now, I mean, I have no excitement, true excitement to see this match, but... I'm going to go with Braun for the victory, and we'll talk about the other scenarios later. Well, this match is very interesting. Uh, I I like the potential of it. Um, Obviously, in their last meeting, you had uh, Braun throw uh, Owens off the cage, uh, you know, folding reminiscent. Uh, Yeah. Obviously, you have Kevin Owens, who's willing to really put his height on the line uh, just to get a point across. Uh, I agree that the Money in the Bank briefcase does Braun no favors. Uh, The man is truly a monster among men. What the hell does he need a briefcase for? He hits harder than a damn briefcase. Uh, You have 
Kevin Owens in true heel fashion who can work wonders with a tool like that. That, that is a prop. That is a heel prop right there. I, I, th- there's been, if memory serves me correctly, there have been two times where a face has had the briefcase, both those times being very uninteresting. You know, it, it, it's just the, the money in the bank briefcase is a heelish prop. And I, I think they should, uh, they should follow that tradition. That being said, I think uh, it makes it interesting with the stipulation that even on a even on a disqualification or a countout, the Money in the Bank briefcase still changes hands. So I think that is Kevin Owens in, and I do believe that at the end of the night, Kevin Owens, by hook or by crook, will come out of this match with the Money in the Bank briefcase, win by some funky DQ or countout somehow. That's my pick. Nice. As we move on to the championship match, we have not had a lot of like hat tricks here on, on the evening. Let's go into the ladies' match: Alexa Bliss versus Ronda Rousey. You know what? I'll kick this one off. I, I think with with this, I think there's there again. We're we're going towards WrestleMania. I think there's more story to be told. Um. I don't know if it's necessarily the time for Rousey to win that championship. So I'll pick Alexa Bliss. Not necessarily. Maybe she doesn't win. Somehow she retains that title. Maybe there's some shenanigans. Maybe there's some some interference. In fact, I would all but guarantee, if this match is a clean finish, Rousey's winning that championship. Um, Alexa Bliss has got to win with some screwiness, but... Um, I'm going to go in that direction. I'm going to go right now at this point. I think Alexa Bliss is going to retain that championship. Rousey, to me, to make that character interesting, Rousey needs a loss. Um, And giving her a screwy loss, I think, would be the best way to do it. I'm like, as I'm talking, I'm thinking, I'm I'm kind of picking with my heart, not my head, and Rousey's probably going to win the squash, and I'm just stupid. But uh, I'm going to go with Alexa Bliss with the victory. Uh, it's a little bit of a tough choice because uh, Ronda has really been doing no wrong uh, as of late. Of course, there is the internet wrestling community that is somehow shitting on Ronda for the whole, yeah, piss off. Uh, for the whole, you know, not putting your dues. In, you know, no, the the, the woman Fuck who's that. a real athlete, who's a real fighter, who's taking real punches to the face. No, no dues put in whatsoever. Uh, that being said, I do love Alexa as a champion. She has done the belt wonders, and she's been a great women's champion. So it's really tough to uh, to call that match. Uh, you know, it's kind of like you said, can pick with your head or pick with your heart. And I do think you need Ronda to be a dominant fighter. Uh, I, I I'm gonna go. I'm gonna err the side of caution. I'm going to say Alexa Bliss with shenanigans is going to somehow retain her belt because I think it's, it serves Ronda much, much better to chase the belt until WrestleMania when she finally tackles whoever is holding that belt. Dave? I'm, I'm right there with you guys in terms of, you know, the, the, the chase with Ronda, it tells a better story. Her, her, her first loss in UFC told a great story in the build to her comeback even though she got her fucking at, her clock cleaned the second time around which ended her MMA career in UFC but 
they've already screwed her one. You know what I mean? She she had a great match with Nia Jax. Probably, in my opinion, aside from the women's ladder match at Money in the Bank, that match with Nia Jax was was great. And I had no, I had low expectations for that match because it was Ronda's first singles match. But she has knocked it out of the park since she's come in terms of her athletic and in-ring ability. She's picking up on it pretty quickly. And so with a screw job loss to her, you know, for her again, because of Alexa bliss, they already kind of did that at money in the bank. I can't see them going with that. Plus I'm going to think with my head on this one, the evolution pay-per-view coming up and they want a lot of attention on that. Rhonda is big in the mainstream. She goes on all the talk shows. She, she's, she's done the mainstream media circuit. WWE is certainly going to send her out there to promote this event being the all women's very first WWE wrestling pay-per-view. So with her, with the title going on, Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon, the late night show and, and all the other different talk show circuits. It's, it's a no brainer. Ronda with the victory. Ronda Rousey with the victory. And you know, it's funny. I'm looking at the card here and like I was, I was leading towards, we got about 10 minutes, nine minutes left. I didn't. I, I like. I'm looking at the card, and I just. I didn't hit on Daniel Bryan versus The Miz. How dare I? An actual like blood feud, like just two guys that hate each other. It's good stuff. Dave, your thoughts on this matchup? This is going to be a great match. Both guys have great chemistry together. They are two polar opposites. It, you, you talk about great rivalries in the last 10 years, and I really can't count on any, but this one between Daniel Bryan and The Miz has potential to be one of the most recent great rivalries within WWE. Miz has been red hot, you know, going having his own reality show and just really building his character. I've said this a long time ago. He should be the WWE champion. He should have the title. He should be the, the number one bad guy in WWE because he does it so well. And Daniel Bryan, since coming back, he's had a pretty decent run. There's rumors his contract is up on September 1st, which happens to be the date of all in. There's rumors that he still hasn't signed yet. I'm not going to base this pick on his on the rumors of him not being in WWE after September 1st, but knowing the Daniel Bryan character and the popularity his character has grown in the last several years, Daniel Bryan's biggest victories are his losses on television. And losing to The Miz at SummerSlam will tell a better story with him and The Miz moving forward to wherever they decide to pay off. But Daniel Bryan coming out of the gate, first big major match since since WrestleMania against The Miz, he's not winning it. Miz for the victory. You know, and I, I got to tell you, like, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with, with everything you're saying. And I think this is going to be a fun match. Um, I, I'm shocked at myself that how into the Miz and his character development is. But that's, that, that goes to show the quality of this show. That's all I'm saying. That we're willing to, like, have our feelings about stuff in the world of pro wrestling. But we will, like, evolve and be objective about stuff. And, you know, we've criticized Miz in the past. He is a great heel. And and heading towards Daniel Bryan's potential contract signing, um, there's a better story to be told if he loses and he's, and he's not signed. You know, and I, I kind of look at this match as like seeing a 
Daniel Bryan on his knees, dejected in the middle of the ring uh, when the match ends, you know, and just being kind of devastated that he lost to The Miz. And as far as, like, storytelling goes, I think it tells a better story for Daniel Bryan to lose this matchup and, and Miz. You know, when you look at the two of them, and if you're a businessman running this company, the upside on Miz is greater than the upside on Daniel Bryan. Um, to me, all signs, if, you, if you're writing a good story, Miz with the victory, so I'm picking the Miz. Rock. Uh, trying to keep this short, but uh, I right off the bat, this is going to be a hat trick, simply because I can see the promo in my head now of when that time comes, like, does Daniel Bryan resign or does he leave? And Miz gloating and lording over the fact that he holds a victory over DB and DB just going batshit crazy and said, screw leaving. I'm here because I'm going to make sure I plant my foot up your ass. Uh, I am definitely all about it. Uh, Miz for the victory and waiting for that DB comeback. And I'm going to keep this next match short and sweet. Um, but interestingly enough, I think this next match is a potential show stealer. Love the idea of these two guys. There's a, a chemistry there. There's a history there. I would love to see Samoa Joe walk around with the WWE Championship. But to me right now, AJ Styles is just too good. Um, they're building a very historic run with this WWE championship. And as much as like right now in the current product, if you're an idiot, you think the universal championship is more, has more prestige. It does not. The lineage with the WWE championship is more prestigious and AJ Styles is building quite a historical run here. So that all being said, I'm not going to overanalyze this. I think this is your match of the night. I am really looking forward to this. This is going to be a great matchup. Kudos to these two guys who are, like, languishing in, in TNA, getting to a main event status in the WWE. Great matchup here, but AJ Styles emerges victorious. This is tough for me, and I know we got to keep this short. Uh, I, I love the match. I love the competitors. Uh, it's going to be a, a, a knockout, dragout fight. Um, the fact of the matter is AJ Styles is – probably the greatest wrestler at this moment in time on the planet. And I just don't see him getting knocked off that pedestal just yet. Samoa Joe could be a potential, but I just don't think he's going to get it done. So your thoughts, Dave? Short and sweet to the point. Styles with the victory. But just think about this for one second. Two guys who came from TNA Wrestling, who was the quote-unquote competition at one point are now in a featured match at a major WWE pay-per-view wrestling for the WWE championship. Most people couldn't complete that sentence five or six years ago. Now it's happening. Definitely, in my opinion, going to be the match of the night. Looking forward to it the most. But AJ with the victory for now. But it's not over between these two. And moving on to what we assume would be the main event. Uh, We'll see how it's booked. Um, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. We'll kick it off with you, Dave. Your thoughts on this matchup? I know we're running short on time. We've got about two minutes left. All right, short and sweet. Uh, his rumors of him being gone after this, going to UFC, there's contract issues. There's been issues with him and the belt. 
the issue with Roman Reigns, the money in the bank cash-in opportunities, how are you going to end this SummerSlam? To me personally, there's, there's, I think Vince McMahon needs Brock Lesnar, and I think he needs Brock Lesnar, and therefore I think he's going to – I think Brock Lesnar wins and keeps the universal title and goes to UFC, faces whoever he's going to face in February – and brings the universal belt and then heads to WrestleMania with the championship. Brock Lesnar holding the universal title hostage in the Northeast, in New York, in the New York metropolitan area at a WrestleMania. Imagine the amount of heat he's going to have. Brock Lesnar with the victory over Roman Reigns. What they do with Reigns, I don't even care at this point anymore. I disagree. I think the story being told is Brock is imploding. And he's coming down, he's coming crashing down, and this is going to be the opportunity, finally, for Roman Reigns to finally get that belt. My pick, Roman Reigns. And when I look at this, and it's tough, and like, honestly, I have I my like creative juices flowing on this, and I'm like, well, maybe you have like Reigns win, and then like maybe a Strowman cashes in or Owens cashes in and you kind of leave the fans happy because the, fan, the fans in Brooklyn can't possibly be happy if Reigns wins the belt. Um, but I'm, as far as my pick goes, I'm going to agree with Dave. Uh, I think Vince McMahon loves the mainstream media attention and Lesnar having the Universal Championship going for the UFC Championship is just absolutely too tempting for Vinnie Mac to pass up. So I think Lesnar's going to win. Again, fans crap on it all the time. I'm looking forward to a very hard-hitting, entertaining matchup. And I'm right with you, Dave. I don't know what the hell creative does with Roman Reigns after this. Thank you all for tuning in. Apologies for the technical difficulties. Scheduling's been tough, so stay on the Facebook page. Let us know when the next show is. For Dave and Rock, I'm Ken. Good night, everybody. <laughs>